Well, hello there, and welcome to this Calvary Longview audio message. We're so glad you've chosen to take a moment to discover with us the truth that can be found in the Bible, and we pray that you'll be blessed by what you hear. Today, Pastor Al is going to be sharing with us a message from the book of Revelation. We can't wait to get into God's Word, so crack open your Bible, grab your note-taking tools, and we'll get started. Philadelphia is love. 
time. So, something else to keep in mind is how easy it feels, and how easy it is to feel unloved, right? Well, I don't know if you're like that, but the Bible is true. Revelation chapter 12 is dead. It says, Faith is the future of the brethren, he accuses them before God day and night. So, we already have an adversary against us, the devil, not your friend, your foe. And he stuff against us, always accusing thoughts of our wrong. Because you see this, you see that, it's not even God can do it. Uh, it's been convinced that we are a terrible wretch. God already knows who we are. That's why he said his son to die for us. Or he knows that we can do it on our own, we can do it right on our own. But when we come to faith in Jesus Christ, that we are found righteous in his son. And so, being in the church where there's much love as in the church of Philadelphia, genuine love, is a special blessing. So, we're going to look at verse 7, and we're going to pick up our study. He's writing to the church of Philadelphia, right? And the angel of the church of Philadelphia, right? And so, Philadelphia, and so the name of it is pretty significant because it's broken down for two words. Phileo, which is friendship love. And then you have Delphi, which is brotherly, meaning that means your brotherly love. So like Phileo, Delphi, or Delphi. And it's in a name, the city itself was in from the king of Pergamum, Adelaide, Philadelphia. That's what you see it. You can see it. It's not that so, uh, the well, so, he built the city in 150 BC. He had his insignia in Philadelphia, so love, brotherly love, or uh, love of a brother. And he was noted as having a great affection or a love for his brother. His brother was Eumenius, and he was, uh, the city was named in his honor. But the city of Philadelphia, also about 28 miles Southeast of Sardis, we've been watching, showing the map of the Sardis, the Vietnam, of Philadelphia, and the Larry's being excellent. You know, they, they, they are great for agricultural and great soil there, but crops, it was a wonderful place as far as that was concerned. But they were leveled by an earthquake. The last one in 37 AD really struck the city, uh, but it was destroyed several times through earthquakes. So you have this brotherly love. That is being shaken up. We're seeing, you know, the city destroyed. And the city was also littered with idols. And, and one of the idols that they would serve in the pagan gods they would serve was Dionysus. Dionysus was the god that you and I would have served before we came to Jesus. You know, it's not a pleasure, it's not a drink, it's not a wine. Some of us would be, without knowing it, would be serving Dionysus in this sense. Taking God there in Philadelphia. Now, as Jesus died, he writes not only to the church, but then he describes who he is as the author. Many times coming from the first chapter, he, he, he'll take a portion out of there. But listen to what he says. This is he uh, who's writing this letter. He says, To the church of Philadelphia, writes these things, he says, He was holy. He's holy. What an awesome description. So you think about a God who is holy, not a God who is perfect day by night or night by day or whatever you want to call it. He's God that's something crazy. Now, this God, our God, he is he's a holy God that's accurate to the great statement. And in every conceivable way, Jesus is holy, he's blameless, he's pure. Our God is a holy God. 
together and learn to work through things as time would go on. So as you, know, you come to faith in Christ, you, know, you think, well, I, I thought everybody should just work together. Thank you. 
themselves, they promote themselves. But he's going to a truth, and even in the midst of everything that's going on in the world today, his word is still true, and it will still stand. What do you want God to do a little bit from the word of God? And so he identifies himself as truth. And then he says, he who has the peace, peace of David. That's pretty interesting. Because as I mentioned in chapter 1, he usually takes the part of that verse 18, something that he's around there, and he's making a piece of that and identifying himself as the right most of the churches. So here he says in verse 1, chapter 1, verse 18, he says, the king of David is that here he says, peace of David. So, similar, but here's the thing, I think there's a, a purpose to this. Because the reference of verse 7 seems to be more of a spiritual presence is what he's talking about. Jesus speaks of the king of David and he's doing so, uh, as he's doing so, he's referring to himself, the keeper of the keys as well as the keeper of the doors. The king of David has this interesting conversation because he goes back to the Old Testament in Isaiah chapter 22. And time when the keys of David's house were given to a wife him who had access to all of his wealth. So she would have his chief royal steward who was a large apprentice, large master chief. To everywhere he wanted to go in his house, he was able to go and it would be fashioned to his shoulder and to his student. And the key was a feature that he would have and he was demonstration of authority. I he saw that key and he was key. He did anyway. He had access to the as a chief steward to go in and distribute what the what the king had. And so here we see the Lord gives Elijah the authority to open his church as representing his representative, which no man has uh said, Oh, look at Isaiah 22, I'll have nothing for you. It says this, the Lord speaking, then he tell me in that day. That I will call thy servant Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, and I will clothe him with your robe, and strengthen him with your belt. I will commit your responsibility to his hands. He shall be a father to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and to the house of Judah, the king of the house of David. I will lay on his shoulders, so he shall open and no one shut, and he shall shut and no one open. I will fasten. Give it a faith in a secure place, and you will become a glorious throne to his father's house. And so for Elijah, he was a good dad. He testified of the goodness that he has by the title he received from the Lord, saying, My servant Elijah. It's like the rest of the world. It's well done. What a faithful servant. Well, there's Elijah, a faithful servant. He served under King Hezekiah. And it seems to me that his predecessor, Jesus, was a very faithful. So God says, I'm going to take your responsibilities and put them on a life here, and I'm going to give him the key for the house. And then I'm going to give him the key for the absence. And so the Lord promised him all authority and purposes for the house of David. Now, one of the most privileges was sole possession of the keys to the treasury. And this, of course, is a foreshadow of the picture of Jesus Christ that and the key that he was given to unlock every spiritual blessing and every blessing. Remember, when Paul wrote to the church of Ephesus, he said that, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, that's God's place, for all the 
to us to get every person in Christ Jesus. So, as a believer, as a born-again Christian, you and I have Jesus Christ who wants to bless us, right? Who wants to bless us. And we live through this life understanding that it's only temporal, that one day we're going to have to be hurting so we're going to allow the eternity. We're going to be with the Lord forever and ever and ever. And He has these spiritual blessings. So much of the world is living after what it wants from this world because He is trying to drain resources from the world. He wants to have the world His way. He wants to have, well, this is what I've got coming to me. And if that's what you want in this world, it's not going to last. Because this world isn't going to last. And one day, I think the Lord is going to give this world everything I say in the world, the ancient population, everything that they want to come their way. And they're fighting God now, but they're really fighting God's tribulation. And he's going to win. So he says, you know what? He says again that uh, he has the keys of being to identify himself. But then, look, he says that he is the one who opens the door and shuts and shuts and no one opens. If he has been or speaking, and Jesus who holds the keys but unlocks not only the treasures of blessing, but he also opens the door to no one who says, being a man seeking this right. When God opens the door for you and I to go through, he's always discovered us. He's moving in this building, I remember the Lord is saying, it's not yours to lose, it's mine to give. God has doors that when He opens them up, we're to walk through them. We're to have faith and trust it. We're, we're to understand that, you know what? That Jesus, He's bringing direction to us. So, of course, He's going to open doors. We're not going to give them down. But He's going to open doors. It shows that He has an agenda, that He's the one that is in charge of the church, and He wants to have an agenda for the church. He knows what's best for the church. So he wants to direct the church. He wants the church to go in the direction that he sees fit. And if you and I were his agents, we're just serving him, right? We're just to serve him as he sees fit. And so when we look at all the things that God wants to do, Lord, what do you want us to do? That's why we have to pray and the leaders to pray, Lord, where do you want us to be? How do you want us to see these things in, in church? How do you want us to be? about uh, uh, direction? Let me tell you this. The open door has never been affected by COVID. God is still moving. And He still wants us to move. He still wants us to be a part of everything that's going on out there. We just have to do it in the same way. No big deal. But there's still people that are dying and going to hell while the world wants to try to keep this church quiet. Don't let this church be, or don't let this church stay, or don't let this church do that. God's saying, well, wait a second, I have a say. And we have to listen to him. What is it that the church wants? What is it that the church is going to do? You see, he has an open door. And the door has to shut so the church can grab it. And he has an open door that constantly is open. I don't know what those look like, but I'll tell you what. Today is so different. I, I've been saying this, that I don't have vision for maybe six months or ten years. I don't have vision like I used to have. Uh, only because it's only because I have a vision for today. But I have a enough vision for me to fill that vision. What is it that you want us to do? Outreach. You know, the fact that I can preach to all these things that we still want to produce and put together. The things that we see that are valuable, being the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we have these things that we want to do. 
Isaiah said that he was trying to say that by you 
world's going down to the going fast, but we see, oh, well, you know what? I have hope that I fight. I need to be in this way. I need to have faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So we're, we're growing in the Lord, we're growing in the Word, we're growing in our faith. And you can tell when a person is really not spending time in the Word. Because there are three things to see in their lives. They're like, oh, I believe in God. Whether a reference comes to a child. So remember, Jesus said in Revelation 27, the whole land comes to a Blessed is he who keeps the word of the prophecy of his book. You and I, today, need to be faithful and be found faithful to the word of God. And then we might keep this word. Then he says this. In verse 18, we think that the guy is not the guy who 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 is not the guy you have to go first to Houston, people come against you because a lot of people step back and they're not being faithful. Let's not mention that blood. That's what it did in the 80s when they said, How can we grow the church without being faithful? Who are you faithful? Yeah, you mix this stuff like blood or spirit, you know, all this stuff. They're made up of it. And then it worked for a while. People began to grow churches, but they began to be. So watered down with Christians because they didn't have all the books that they see instead. And that is the good one. How do you know if you know this book? You wouldn't say what the water. How do you know? And I use this myself as you need to know every day. Thankfully, I'm not saying, right? So thankful that I'm saying, so thankful I'm born again, but I know there's a baby I need Christ to give my heart and give me Oh my God. But you never put a persecution that will come upon the church. Because people don't want to leave because, um, well, they're, you're not pro-life, or you're pro-life, you're not pro-choice. Why are you pro-choice? Well, I don't need to sell it. I'm here to sell it in heaven. I don't, well, what about same-sex marriage? Well, I'm going to sell it in heaven. That is all you can tell me. I don't need to vote it. You guys shouldn't vote it on that. So we need to vote it to the church. For all those things, you know, that the King Paul did, let's be clear, does not say people, does not people's word, does not uh, remain faithful to the word of God, but they, it seems like it. You see? Nothing's happening today. Why is there a division in the Holy Spirit in church? Why are there seven churches in the book of Revelation that Christ is addressing? Because there's issues with them. And I think today there's not many. And I'm not saying how I don't know how many but there's a lot of people out there accepting a lot of things that Jesus has done before them. No, they're not even saying it. They're not even saying Remember, if you just saw them, he was identified himself as what? Holy. Thank you. So they denied that thing. He's holy. And so the church in Philadelphia didn't do that. And in other words, they didn't contradict this thing. They spoke to you the word of God. And they didn't disagree with what Jesus had to say, especially if I call political issues because Jesus does say that political. The devil is devil and submits the blessing he's done. So he sees these things as 
because you have kept my commandments to preserve, thus guarding the Lord, guarding the commandments to preserve, uh, to preserve my commandments to preserve. I will keep you from the hour which is which uh, come upon the whole world, uh, the whole world, the death of the dwell on the earth. So be faithful to Christ, even in the day and age in which we live. Guess what? He says, "Bear that church, the faithful church." And it doesn't mean an address of the church. It doesn't mean like that with the ice cream. It doesn't mean, you know, 37 feet out just or whatever. It doesn't mean it brings us to the church in the church. And he speaks to us individually. And the individual says, if you speak my word, I'll speak to you. Guess what? The hour is just a couple of weeks. What's the hour is just a couple of weeks? I always thought, uh, Lord, that the divinities in which we look to the world of the world walk according to Scripture. I look out there and I go, and I think, you know what, Lord? I don't think this is going to be this much better. The last six months that I've gone on, now, my eyes are just like older as possible. And they're not. People I look up and work, but I need to go back to the time of now and say, people get ready. Get ready. You know, it's not scared back. It's just a time to say, you know what, he wants to keep you from the outcome. There's going to be a time where he's going to judge this world. It's a Christ rejecting world. And if you're going to reject Christ, then he's going to say, that's right, here's a warning. That's what you have to do. So if you reject Jesus Christ, and you'll, if you live through the time of Jesus, I don't understand, you just live up, you'll be left behind your own foot in the tribulation. There are people out there that'll say, and just because they've been saying this, there are people out there that'll say, it's hard to respect what's going again. I wouldn't hang out with those people. I wouldn't hang out with them at all. There are people that say, we don't want Jesus in our lives. I wouldn't hang out with those people. Because the Bible says again, every knee will bow down and come to the best of Christ. And look, for the earth, you have it. For the hour of the earth, you will start on earth. You will do it for every day. For the very day of the earth, you will not go to the earth. You will not go to the earth. You see, before the second coming, he's going to spare the blood of the gospel. And I don't know, when everything's going on, one more prediction in place is set up. Moreover, the million, COVID crisis down in the United States. I don't know if they did a thing before they created COVID since the start. But after all, this is going to take place. He said, I promise you that the world will last forever. That's what he said. But if you come to me, Jesus, you would be an unpleasant. There he is. Keep my word. Keep my commandments. Preserve them. They secure from the abode. I would rather endure for Christ than let him keep his word than to live for us with some of the things that are going on in the world. You're really merciful. And again, I've been through this. I've been through this. I've been through this. God is nice to see. He's nice to see. There's only one race. It's called the humans. And no matter who we are, we all need Christ. We all need Jesus Christ to us. And so, we look at this and it's a blessing that we live in a world where we have to come to think, if I let me go, 
church is saying to self or unbelievers, the example of church, hold out to strengthen what you have. What the way you have, you think, well, you know what? I don't have very much right now, I'm just going to do it. Strengthen it. But what you don't want is you don't want these things to come into your life and eventually start stealing your rewards. And in other words, the rewards are, he says, now we're going to take your time. When I get to heaven, we get to heaven. It's not what I've done for the Lord. It's all the other It's not what I've done for myself. And you can show us, you know, we go to football or baseball or sports and just these trophies and all this stuff. But it's not about that. It's about thinking these rewards because Christ is over. Allow us to serve with him. And we lay him down in the streets and go to the streets with all the opportunities that we have. And that's the opportunity. I don't want to do But I don't want anybody to fill those crowds. And in every generation, there's people or there's situations that come upon us that want to steal over our crowd. They want to steal over seek to cause you and I to have a loss of reward. They spurred on you like a discouragement from heavy clouds. Maybe you're discouraged from heavy clouds or tribulations or poverty. In Pergamos, it was a false teaching, was the doctrine of Daniel in the Middle Ages. In Thyatira, it was Jezebel threatening the truth. In Sardis, it was a dead testimony. So they thought they were alive. Jesus called them a dead. Whatever the case may be, in every generation, there's things that come up against the child of God to get you to wander away from your poor faith in Christ. Live your life like a step outside of marriage. Start smoking drugs. Start going back. That's okay. Single now. No, I'm not saying that. But that's okay. Start single now. It's all okay. Let's just do this. You see, there's a lot of times where you can go to church. You don't even have to bring your Bible when you need a Bible study. Well, you need a Bible. Matter of fact, I usually I said it's the first thing. It's usually the first thing I'll say. Many of you know this. But do you need a Bible? Raise your hand. We'll give you a Bible. You can't do that right now because. You need a Bible, I'll give you a Bible like that. Or you think. And then Jesus warns his faithful church to guard that precious life and love that he says, Listen, this God is your God. He who overcomes, and I will make him a pillar, and he's not here in my God, and he shall go out and live. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, New Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven for my God. And I will write on him a new name. And you have the end to hear that if you're in space Concerning these stories, interesting pictures, it's found in 1 Kings, chapter 7. Solomon is going to temple and destroy everybody.
We hope you've enjoyed spending this time in God's Word, and our prayer is that you'll take it with you and apply it to your life. If you'd like to learn more about Calvary Longview, visit our website at cclongview.com. While you're there, you can find more teachings, request prayer, or even find out how you can get involved with what God is doing in our city. We hope you have an amazing day. We'll see you back here next time, and remember, Jesus loves you, and so do we.